The Nugent Report, the science behind health and nutrition. Welcome to this episode of The Nugent Report, a definitive source for objective information on health and nutrition, featuring Dr. Steve Nugent, the renowned psychologist, author, public speaker, and expert on science, health, wellness, and nutrition. Be sure to visit our website at drnugent.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Nugent Report. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of The Nugent Report. I'm Dr. Steve Nugent. This podcast will address the idea that more is not always better. With some nutrients, it is possible to take too much. Let's start with the most frequently asked questions that I've gotten in my career. The three most common are, what should I take? How much should I take? And how long will it take? One other question that I'm frequently asked is, how much is too much? A very significant number of people, unfortunately, have the psychology that if two are good, ten must be better. Or, it's natural, so I can't take too much. It won't really hurt me. The fact is that even some things that are safe and potentially therapeutic in low amounts may become unsafe in higher amounts. I've been asked quite a number of questions recently about zinc and vitamin D. How much is too much? Or, if I take more than the label recommendation, would it give me even better health results? So, first, let's talk about healthy balance. The body is an amazing mechanism. In the human body, there are safeguards that work hard to maintain balance. The scientific term is homeostasis, but for simplicity's sake, we'll just go with balance. As those who've attended my lectures over the years have heard me say repeatedly, balance is wellness. In nutritional biochemistry, there are various balances that must be maintained so that you can enjoy true wellness. If you raise one nutrient too high, it can potentially cause another nutrient to be driven down. So by superloading one, you may actually cause a deficiency of another. Here are some quick examples. As you heard in my podcast on iron, if you take too much iron, you'll drive down your zinc levels. If you take too much zinc, you'll drive down your copper levels. Balance is always the key. You can't process vitamin D without sufficient levels of magnesium. So if your doctor has asked you to take thousands of units of vitamin D per day, but given you no advice about magnesium, as you learned from my podcasts on vitamin D and magnesium, you're not going to benefit from that additional vitamin D intake. If you're taking extra calcium without sufficient levels of both magnesium and vitamin D, you run the risk that you may create calcification in your body, which can contribute to cardiovascular disease and kidney stones, among other things. So it's incredibly important that you supplement intelligently to ensure that you maintain balance. These are just a few of the reasons 
why more is not always better. Zinc and copper are both essential minerals. You need to maintain appropriate balance of each to enjoy optimal wellness. As you heard in my podcast on iron, it is my opinion that you should not routinely supplement iron daily because only approximately 25% of the people in the world actually require supplemental iron and too much iron is potentially dangerous. Zinc is critically important for your immune function. If you suppress your zinc by taking too much iron, you take the chance of leaving your body open to infection. Zinc, as you will learn in a separate podcast on zinc, isn't just important for immune function. It is one of the essentials, and taking the risk of driving it down is a very bad idea. As people have been hearing about the importance of zinc and their immune system, many people have been looking at the label recommended amounts and deciding that they would raise it to a much higher level, thinking it would be stronger for immune support if they did so. Doing this without maintaining the appropriate level of copper will result in a copper deficiency. That's a simple scientific fact. More, in this case, is not better. Copper is available in the modern diet and copper deficiency is rare. Few people think of copper as being important to your health, but it is an essential mineral. Essential meaning that your body must have it and cannot produce it. Therefore, it must be obtained through food or food supplements. Now, you might be saying that you've never heard about copper as it relates to health, and you wonder what it does. Copper is a cofactor for enzymes that are known as cuproenzymes. These enzymes are needed in a number of areas of your daily function, including iron metabolism. Yes, I did say iron metabolism. Copper is also required for connective tissue synthesis, neuropeptide activation, neurotransmitter synthesis, and energy production. By the way, do you think that development of new blood vessels is important? Well, it can't be done without cuproenzymes. That process, by the way, is called angiogenesis. That's not all. Your brain produces hormones, and those hormones can only be kept in balance through a process that requires certain cuproenzymes. That process is called neurohormone homeostasis. In fact, brain development itself requires copper. You also need copper for both the regulation and expression of genes. Even skin pigmentation requires copper. If those weren't enough reasons to make sure that you don't drive down your copper by taking too much zinc, copper is also important for immune function. If you're concerned about antioxidant support, and you should be, you might be interested to know that superoxide dismutase contains copper. 
So let's quickly recap. If you take too much iron, you can drive down your zinc. If you take too much zinc, you can drive down your copper. I'm positively in favor of supplementing zinc to support your immune system. The human scientific studies in this area are clear. The most commonly marketed form of zinc, specifically for immune support, is typically zinc gluconate. The earliest studies that I can recall were done back in 1984, and they were inconclusive, not because zinc, as it turns out, was ineffective, but rather that they had used an inactivated form of zinc in the tests. My friends, all vitamins and minerals are not created equal. All brands are not the same. I personally use zinc as a bisglycinate chelate because it's the latest and best science in zinc mineral delivery. And without a question, the best absorbed form based on human blood study. I'm going to try not to make this too complicated, but although a label may indicate a certain number of milligrams or micrograms of a particular mineral, that's not the amount of the actual mineral that is present in the supplement. Minerals are natural, but they are not organic. If they are not in food, they need to be altered so that the body can see them and digest them as food. Even plants have to chelate minerals to use them and to make them into a plant form that humans and animals can eat. But the mineral content by weight in plant material is extremely low, making it problematic to get adequate levels of minerals from plant material alone. The science of producing mineral supplements is light years ahead today of what it was in the beginning of the nutritional industry. When you buy that zinc gluconate supplement, only 14.3% of the supplement is actual zinc. The study that I just referred to compared zinc gluconate, because it's the most popular form on the market, and zinc bisglycinate in the form that was providing 60 milligrams of actual zinc in each of the two types of zinc supplements. After a blood test was done, they found that the bisglycinate form was absorbed 43% better than the gluconate. Science marches on. So not only are the different brands not identical, but it's crucially important that you choose the right form for the best activity in your immune system or any other function for that matter. I personally use zinc bisglycinate daily. Since podcasts are audio, as you're listening, the word bisglycinate may be unfamiliar to you. You may be straining and you may say to yourself, what? What the heck did he say? How do you spell that? I'll cover this in more detail in a separate podcast, but for now, I'll briefly explain what a bisglycinate is. 
A bisglycinate is made by combining two molecules of an amino acid called glycine. Your digestive tract, particularly your stomach, really likes glycine. The amino acid as the chelating agent is then combined with the elemental mineral, in this case, zinc. So, the letters B-I-S, bis, refers to two, the two molecules of glycine. If you want to look this up, it's spelled B-I-S-G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E, bisglycinate. At the time of doing this podcast, we're still early in populating the Nugent Report website with podcasts and blogs. As I mentioned in Episode 1 of the Nugent Report, the website and its podcasts are something that I want to do to help the general public as much as I can. It's not my day job. And the very small support staff that I have literally has to find minutes per week to contribute to this website. We will, over time, have transcripts written in multiple languages for each podcast, which will take the place of a blog and allow you to take your time and reread the contents of each podcast. If what you're hoping to see posted isn't there yet, please be patient. Sorry for that sidetrack. Now, let's get back to zinc. Now, not only is zinc essential, there's more study all the time supporting its value for human immune function. But please do not overload on zinc, thinking that you're doing yourself a favor because you're not. It is generally recognized that the safe upper limit of zinc is 40 milligrams per day for adults 19 years of age or older. Now, here, I caution you that the safe upper limit varies by age and gender, as well as condition. I'm simply giving you one age bracket example. Watch for my upcoming podcast on zinc for more details. Subscribers, of course, are notified when new entries are posted on the Nugent Report, so please do subscribe if you haven't already. In my podcast on zinc, I'll detail everything from required daily allowance to tolerable upper safe limits, requirements, benefits, etc., as I always do. Look for details by age and gender on that podcast. So, the RDA of zinc varies from a low of 2 milligrams to a high of 13 milligrams daily. Once again, depending on age, gender, and condition. If, as an example, a woman is lactating and she's between the ages of 14 and 18, she should take in 13 milligrams of zinc daily. But, If a lactating female is 19 years or older, she should take in only 12 milligrams daily. Does that sound complicated? Well, just look for the podcast on zinc coming soon. I'm going to use adults 19 years of age and older for the base of the next example. 
males 19 or older need 11 milligrams a day and females in that same age group need only 8. Pregnant females in that age group should take 11 milligrams and lactating females in that age group should take 12. There have routinely been studies where 75 and even 80 milligrams of zinc has been used daily with research on the common cold or the eye, respectively. I know of one study that tested as much as 200 milligrams of zinc daily. I caution you, do not do that yourself. I repeat, do not do that yourself. That was done in a supervised medical trial. The study that was done using 80 milligrams of zinc oxide daily was part of the National Eye Institute's Age-Related Eye Disease Study, abbreviated in all caps as A-R-E-D-S, and then in the follow-up study, which is called ARIDS-2. In that study, they include 2 milligrams of copper daily to ensure that copper deficiency would not result from taking more than twice of what is considered the safe upper limit of zinc daily for adults ages 19 and older. Yes, zinc is crucially important for your eyes as well. Once again, look for the upcoming podcast specifically on zinc for more details. To follow up on the ARIDS study, researchers checking the participants more than six years after the beginning of the study found that there was a significant difference in the reduction of the development of age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. That's another powerful reason to supplement zinc as well as the appropriate eye-related antioxidants. The point here is, you can get too much of a good thing. So if you're thinking about taking any nutrient at a greater level than the label recommended amount, you better check with an expert to ensure that it's safe. Although sometimes more is better, it's not always true, and it's not always safe. Remember that balance is wellness. Thanks for listening to the Nugent Report. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Nugent saying, be safe, be sensible, and be objective. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nugent Report. Visit our website at drnugent.com for more objective facts about health and nutrition and email your questions and feedback to info at drnugent.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Nugent Report. Stay informed. Get the facts with The Nugent Report.